Welcome to episode one of the Strength Matrix podcast. My name is Josh Settledge. I am the BJJ Strength Coach. And today we're going to be talking about how getting strong is going to help your grappling performance. This is uh, basically the kickoff episode of a brand new podcast that I'm starting and I'm super excited to be sharing and bringing to you guys. I had an older podcast in the past that I was doing that uh, sometimes we'd talk about strength and conditioning, but most of the time we wouldn't. And so this podcast is just going to be 100% dedicated to strength and conditioning, giving you all of the information, the research, the tips, the tricks, all the secret methods from all the best minds that I can find on helping you win more matches and get injured less. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is how getting stronger is going to help your grappling performance so you actually can win more matches and get injured injured less. But before we dive into it, I do want to let you guys know that this episode and every episode of the Strength Matrix podcast is brought to you by the Strength Matrix. Big surprise there. The Strength Matrix is your one-stop shop for all your strength and conditioning needs as a grappling athlete. We have multiple world-class training programs that you could subscribe to, elite coaching from myself and the other coaches in the Strength Matrix community. You can join our private Bracket Smasher community page to get access to exclusive premium never-before-seen content only for Strength Matrix members. And essentially, it's going to take out all the confusion, all the misinformation, all the BS, and all the the just discouragement that comes with not knowing how to effectively train for jujitsu and wrestling so you can actually win more matches and get injured less. And if that's something you want to do this year in 2022 is to win more matches and get injured less, the Strength Matrix is offering a free four-week strength program to listeners of this podcast. You can click the link in the podcast description below. You can download that for free and be on your way. That being said, let's dive into it how getting strong is going to help improve your grappling performance so you can win more matches and get injured less. What does it mean to be strong? That is kind of a generalized term that a lot of grappling athletes will refer to as like, man, I rolled with that guy. He felt really strong or I had a match uh, at this tournament and I lost and that guy, he was, he was just stronger than me. Like he just felt real strong. His grips were strong. But realistically, what does being strong actually mean and what does it refer to? Well, the term strong is used in a lot of different ways. It's used to describe character. It's used to describe um, a physical attribute, like this is a strong piece of wood. This is a strong structure, so it's resilient to change. Um, people often use the, the term strong to describe character as also resilient to change. They have a strong mindset. It's resilient to adversity, resilient to change. But when it comes to athletics, strength is an expression of force output and absorption. So when we look at what a, typically what a strong athlete would be able to do, a strong athlete would be able to apply force greater than their opponent and or be able to absorb force and resist that force so that they aren't moved or swayed or influenced by their opponent. In the context of grappling, we think about force output as that could be someone shooting in on a takedown. A strong athlete is going to have a greater force output in their takedowns so that they can, you know, think about Jordan Burroughs, one of the greatest American Olympic wrestlers who's ever lived. His blast double is absolutely ferocious and he has so much force going behind it. Hardly anybody can stop it. And that's a great expression of strength. That's a great expression of Jordan Burroughs being a strong grappler. You think about on the jujitsu side of things, you look at a guy like Hodger Gracie. 
He is an incredibly strong grappler. He has very fundamental, clean jujitsu. And when he gets a hold of you and gets a hold on those grips, especially once he's in mount, nobody is escaping that. Nobody's being able to get out of that successfully. And he's a strong grappler because he's able to apply force. Now it's not as fast as Jordan Bros. It's not as dynamic. It's not as explosive as Jordan Bros. And we'll talk about that later in this episode. But the force that Hodger Gracie is able to apply on those cross collar chokes, on those bow and arrow chokes, it is so great that his opponents aren't able to defend it, aren't able to stop it. Now, on the other hand of what an expression of strength is, we have absorption, which would be absorbing force from your opponent, not being deterred. When we talked about earlier about how strength is often described or is often used as a describing word to describe resilience or uh, being able to resist against change, this is where absorption really comes in. So we've talked about how strength is expressed by applying force. Strength is also expressed by absorbing force. So if someone shoots in on a takedown on you and you're able to sprawl and stuff that takedown, then you've been able to absorb their force. You're not going to be moved. You're not going to be deterred in your position on your opponent's attacks. So strength is, it's kind of a twofer, right? So it's an output and an input descriptive term. Now, when it comes to applying strength and what that looks like in grappling really it's just you're a strong grappler if you have a greater ability to enforce your techniques on your opponent your opponent tries to resist a little bit if you're a stronger athlete you're going to be able to apply those techniques overcome the resistance of your opponent and be able to proceed with whatever technique you want to do whether that's a takedown guard pass sweep um, escape uh, anything like that now, on the other hand of kind of how strength is applied in athletics is physical resilience. So you look at a, the, from a human physiology perspective or a human anatomy perspective, you look at all your bones, your joints, your muscles, your tendons, your ligaments, all those little things that tend to get banged up and cranked on quite a bit in these grappling sports. Being a stronger athlete means that you're going to be more physically resilient which means that you're gonna get injured a lot less than your opponent. You're gonna get injured a lot less over the course of your grappling career. And it's really gonna help you not only be able to stay on the mat and stay in the sport longer, but it's also gonna allow you to recover faster from training, recover faster from competition, and you'll be able to get in more high quality, high level training sessions in, in a shorter amount of time because you are stronger, or because you are more physically resilient. And so that's what it means to be a strong athlete. And that's what it means to be a strong grappling athlete. Now, how is strength applied in jujitsu? How is it applied in wrestling? We kind of alluded to this earlier in the episode, but strength is applied in a lot of different ways. Any technique that you're gonna perform on the mat at a wrestling match or in a jujitsu match basically is an expression of strength. So you think of a takedown, shooting in on your opponent's leg faster than they can react to it. That is an expression of strength. That's an expression of applying force into the ground so you can leap forward or shoot forward into your opponent's legs. Next, we have guard passes, which are another great expression of strength where you're controlling your opponent's hips, you're controlling your opponent's posture, finding a way to get past their legs and secure them in some sort of pin or some sort of dominant position. Submissions are also an amazing an amazing uh, expression of strength in the sense that you're applying force 
against the natural order of a certain joint or applying force around someone's neck. We all know it's that what that is like in jujitsu, the sport of jujitsu and in a lot of parts of wrestling too, are designed to basically find the natural way a joint or a body part moves on the human body and then do the opposite. And that's basically how you win is by finding any joint you can doing the opposite of what it's originally designed to do, finding any physical position that the body naturally goes in and you want to create, you know, frames and wedges and things around those body parts so you can apply the opposite force and ultimately either break the joint, um, block blood flow to the brain, take the person down, turn them over, pin their back to the mat, all that good stuff. Strength is also applied in wrestling and jujitsu as defensive tactics and offensive tactics. So takedowns obviously would be offensive guard passes would be offensive submissions would be offensive but we look at things like uh escapes or reversals or um sprawls uh defending um defending just little things on the mat so like trying to keep your opponent's hands from locking together when they're behind you in seatbelt those would be defensive maneuvers and the stronger you are the better you're going to be able to resist those hands coming together when that opponent is on your back trying to get their hands together in a seatbelt position and take your back and try to strangle you. So what does it mean to be a strong athlete? All comes down to force output and absorption. How is strength applied? Well, it's applied in basically any technique that you do in jujitsu or wrestling. And here's the real kicker. And here's kind of the meat and potatoes of this particular episode. Why is being stronger an important quality for jujitsu and wrestling? I've said it once, I've said it probably a thousand times, and I'll keep on saying it, I'll keep saying it again. Nobody ever lost a jiu-jitsu or a wrestling match because they were too strong. You cannot be too strong. My mentor and, and a good friend of mine, Mark Smilly Bell, has a famous quote, and he says, strength is never a weakness. And that is so true, not just for grappling sports, not just for wrestling, jiu-jitsu, MMA, any combat sport, but for any sport. The stronger you are, the better your performance is going to be. Now, sometimes people can misconstrue that or misunderstand that and assume that by placing a large emphasis on getting stronger, that means that we're going to create a deficit of conditioning. And that's not always the case. Some athletes really don't need that much conditioning. You look at a powerlifting athlete, a powerlifting athlete, their number one goal is to lift the greatest amount of weight and a squat, bench, and deadlift. They don't need to run a mile. They don't need to even run 100 meters as fast as they can. So their need for conditioning is pretty low. You look at a marathon athlete, you look at a sprinter, you look at a grappling athlete, specifically jujitsu or wrestling, their need for conditioning is obviously much greater. And so when we're talking about really emphasizing it and placing a large emphasis and importance on developing strength, please don't get it twisted that and take that as the sense of like, well, we're also going to eliminate conditioning and not focus on conditioning. Conditioning isn't important. That is not what I'm saying. Conditioning is very important. Strength is just a little bit more important in my opinion. So why is it, why is it so important and how does this help us? Well, the stronger you are, the more effective your techniques are going to be. So Jiu-jitsu, for those of you who are have been some jiu-jitsu OGs and remember watching UFC 1 and watching kind of its rise to popularity with the Gracie family, jiu-jitsu is largely in part popularized by a smaller 
middle, averaged weight, average sized Brazilian guy named Hoist Gracie, basically submitting and piecing up all these big dudes in the UFC. There's a very famous fight where um, Hoist Gracie fights this guy. I forget what style. Like, I think he did like Kempo Karate or, or something. He was a striker and he was this Hawaiian dude and he was super big. His name was uh, uh, Kim, uh, Kimbo or Kimo Leopoldi. This dude was so big and he was pretty jacked too. There's like some highlight footage of him doing curls and stuff in the lead up to the fight uh, with him against Hoist Gracie. But Hoist Gracie was kind of this average sized guy, about 185 pounds. Kimo Leopoldi, I think was like 240, maybe even upwards of 250. He was a pretty big dude. And Hoist pieced him up and submitted him pretty easily. Um, he Hoist did get cut up a little bit and did get smashed on bottom for a period of time in the fight. But for the most part, he controlled him with his jujitsu and was able to submit him. And jujitsu became very, very popular. And a lot of the uh, popularity of jujitsu was based around the fact that a smaller person using jujitsu, using sound technique, could submit a bigger and larger opponent. And for the most part, that was very true as long as the bigger and larger opponent didn't know any jujitsu. You look at a really big jujitsu athlete and a really small jujitsu athlete, they're equally skilled. They've been doing jujitsu for the same amount of time. They have the same instructor. There's not a whole lot of technical advantages or disadvantages or discrepancies between the two athletes. It's pretty safe to say that the bigger and stronger athlete is going to win. That's just the facts. It happens in every sport. You look at football, you look at basketball, you look at, um, those are kind of the only other sports I can think of right now because I don't really watch a whole lot of sports outside of uh, jiu-jitsu wrestling and MMA. But you look at any other sport, you took you take two equally skilled athletes, whoever's bigger, whoever's stronger, they're usually 99 times out of 100 going to outperform the smaller and weaker individual. And so going back to jiu-jitsu, when you have two equally skilled athletes, but one of them has a strength advantage, that is it's a huge advantage. It's not just a small advantage. It's an exponentially greater advantage. And so the stronger you get, the more your sound technique, which should be a focus point of your jujitsu, the more your sound technique is going to improve. And here's the reason why. You, the force you apply and the work that you have to do to apply a certain technique, if you get stronger, you have to use less energy to apply the same amount of force. So a great way of thinking thinking about it is if the most amount of weight you could lift is 100 pounds and there's a 70-pound dumbbell, you can pick up that 70-pound dumbbell, but it's going to feel pretty heavy because it's only 30 pounds less than the heaviest weight you've ever lifted in your entire life. Now, if you can lift 400 pounds, that 70-pound dumbbell is like a joke. It's less than 25% of the max amount of weight you could lift. So picking up 70 pounds is, you guys are both picking up 70 pounds. That outcome is still the same, but the amount of energy and how taxing it is on your body is gonna be very different in regards to if you can if you can lift 100 pounds versus if you can lift 400 pounds. And the same logic applies in jujitsu. If you're a stronger athlete, you can still apply all the same techniques. You could still have some really sound, really crisp, really clean looking jujitsu. Same thing with wrestling. You could have like some really awesome wrestling techniques, but if you're stronger, 
you're still gonna be able to do those things, but you also get the added benefit of not having to use as much energy. You also have the added benefit of those uh, techniques being more effective because you can apply more force behind them that your techniques can pack a little bit of a heavier punch. If you guys are fans of Call of Duty, as specifically the zombie maps, you take one of those guns and pack a punch it, it, you just start mowing down zombies left and right. Those of you who have played that game know exactly what I'm talking about. And when you get stronger, you are basically taking all your same techniques, putting them in the little pack-a-punch machine, and zombies, specifically the one on Kino do Torten. I think that's how you say it, or Kino de Toten or something. Basically, you take those techniques, you pack-a-punch them, and then when you bring them back to your jujitsu, you're just going to be able to mow down all the jujitsu zombies. That's basically what I'm saying. And that's why being strong is going to help you have more effective techniques. Now, the other great benefit about getting stronger is that it's actually going to decrease your risk of injury. When you get stronger, not only are you able to apply more force outside your body, which is great, but your body can withstand greater force. It can resist changes um, in the environment much, much, much greater than if you were weaker. So one of the most common injury sites in jiu-jitsu is the knees. Knees in jiu-jitsu get banged up and injured all the time. If you're a stronger athlete, and you have strong hips, strong hamstrings, strong quads, strong glutes, aka your cheek meat. If you're a stronger athlete and you have a stronger lower body, your muscles surrounding your knees that help stabilize and protect your knee are gonna be much better equipped to resist other forces coming in trying to damage your knees. Not only are your muscles stronger, but the act of getting stronger, the act of lifting weights, the act of doing these strength exercises not only strengthen the actual muscles, but it also helps strengthen all the little ligaments and tendons, uh, all the connective tissue in those joints. Those become more resilient and those become stronger. So not only are you able to apply your techniques to a greater degree on your opponent uh, in a jiu-jitsu match or in a wrestling match, but also your bones and ligaments and tendons and all those things are gonna be much more resilient and your risk of injury is gonna decrease quite a bit. Here's the other thing. This is just a straight up fact. We already talked about one of the facts of being strong is that no one ever lost a jujitsu match, wrestling match, or got injured because they were too strong. Here's the second fact. Weaker athletes get injured more often than strong athletes. Now you might be thinking like, whoa, if someone's like, way too strong like you know can't they like gas out and like slip or something or i don't know like the, people have these all these uh counter arguments of why people shouldn't be focusing on getting strong and they think that conditioning needs to be more important and conditioning is very important but you can't fake strong you can always slow your pace down in a live roll or slow your pace down in a match to try to conserve energy but you can't fake strong. If someone's stronger than you in a match, as soon as you guys lock up, there is nothing you can do to fix that deficit outside of just getting back in the gym and starting to lift again, starting to focus on getting stronger. So we've talked about what it means to be strong. We've talked about how strength and being a stronger grappling athlete can be applied in jiu-jitsu and wrestling. We talked about why being strong is an important quality for jiu-jitsu and wrestling. And now we're going to talk about exactly how you can get strong. It's one thing to go online, find your favorite 
uh, fitness or strength athlete influencer, whether that's Larry Reels or, or C-Bum or any of those guys. And don't get me wrong, I'm definitely a huge fan of those guys. Um, they look awesome. They're freaking jacked. They're, they're really, really incredibly strong. But we can't just take what they're doing and start to do that as grappling athletes. The biggest reason is because, one, we're not pro bodybuilders. We're not uh, world record holding power lifters. And also, they don't do jujitsu or wrestling in the same way that we're doing jujitsu or wrestling. So if we tried to train like them, we would start to get better at what they're trying to get better at, which is bodybuilding and powerlifting. Now, there is a little bit of a carryover, like, okay, bodybuilding is the best way to build bigger muscles, which we definitely do need in, gra in grappling sports. Powerlifting is one of the best ways to increase force output through the squat, bench, and deadlift, which those definitely have some transfer and carryover to jujitsu and wrestling. But we need to be very strategic in how we dedicate our time to building bigger muscles, how we dedicate our time to getting stronger. So for most grappling athletes, and this is definitely true with all the grappling athletes that I've worked with around the world, you really only need about two to four days per week to spend 60 to 90 minutes at the very most focusing on several compound movements. That's going to be your best bet formula to really develop some solid strength for grappling sports. No. So two to four days a week, this is going to depend on how much time you're spending on the mat. So if you go to jujitsu twice a week and you only roll for you know 60 minutes okay that's not a whole lot of jujitsu throughout the week so you could probably go to the gym and lift four days a week and recover just fine if you're a wrestling athlete and you wrestle five days a week and go to tournaments on saturdays okay that's a ton of mat time that you're getting in so you really probably are going to max out your recoverability at about two lifting days or two strength focused days per week we only want to be in the gym for about 60 to 90 minutes on those days that we're, in the, uh, that we're lifting. Main reason being is because serum testosterone levels start to drop off at about 60 minutes. So you really start to see a, a drop-off effect in your workout when you go past that 60-minute mark. I say 60 to 90 minutes because usually like that first 15 to 30 minutes can be like some warming up, uh, some getting some hydration in getting loose, all those things. And then maybe you can sneak in some extra accessories at the very end. But after about that 90 minute mark, you're not doing a whole lot that's actually going to be helpful to you. The bulk of your work, you want to be really efficient in the gym. You want to maximize the amount of work you can get done in that 60 to 90 minute window. And then as soon as that window is up, you go ahead and move on and immediately start recovering for your next training session. If you're lifting or focusing on strength work, in the same day that you're going to go to jujitsu, you don't want to spend so much time in the gym lifting that you don't have enough time to recover before your next jujitsu session. Same thing for you wrestling athletes. If you guys are uh, lifting before school, whether you're in high school or college, you only really want to spend 60 to 90 minutes in the gym. That way you can leave the gym, shower, get a solid meal in, hit your classes, have enough time to rest and recover during lunchtime, and then go to practice afterwards. The longer you extend that time in the gym, you're not only not able to get the most amount of that training session because uh, serum testosterone levels are dropping off quite a bit, so you really don't have like the same oomph that you had at the beginning of the workout because fatigue is setting in, but also you're spending so much time in the gym that you're not actually, you're taking away from your recovery time. So two to four days a week, 60 to 90 minutes each, 
focusing on compound movements. Now, compound movements are gonna be the majority of your main movements for these training sessions. So a compound movement is basically any multi-joint movement that um, tackles a large, that tackles a large base of muscle groups. So things like a squat, a deadlift, a lunge, a overhead press, a floor press or bench press, pull-ups, horizontal rows, uh, rotational exercises, uh, lateral lunging exercises. All those movements are compound movements or compound lifts. And these are going to give you the biggest bang for your buck in developing strength for jujitsu and wrestling. Isolation exercises or single joint exercises like machine bicep curls, rope tricep pushdowns, leg curls, all that stuff is awesome. And I'm a huge fan of those things. And I do a ton of that stuff. But the majority of my training session, the majority of those 60 to 90 minutes are made up of doing compound lifts. So we today is Thursday at the time I'm recording this. Yesterday, we did a workout from the Bracket Smasher training program. We started with one compound lift, which was the barbell Z press. We followed that up with two more compound exercises, alternating dumbbell bench press and pull-ups. So we're at three compound lifts for the upper body so far. Then we moved on to some of our uh, dynamic effort work, which is basically just focused on speed and explosive power. We did belt squats, which is another big compound lift. And then we did some box jumps, which those are, it's definitely a compound movement, but I would not call that a compound lift. It's a plyometric exercise, which we can dedicate a whole episode to plyometrics in the future. But we're really focusing on getting in those compound lifts. And then at the end of the workout, sometimes we'll just bro out a little bit for the last 10, 15 minutes of our training session, doing things like leg curls, tricep pushdowns. Um, sometimes uh, people like to have some fun and hit some extra shoulders or upper back work that's like isolating the upper back with some shrugs, isolating the upper back with a one-arm cable row and things of that nature. So just to review, one of the easiest and simplest ways to get strong, how to get stronger for jujitsu and wrestling, dedicate two to four days a week to focus on your strength training, spending 60 to 90 minutes in the gym, focusing on compound movements for the majority of that training session. That being said, if you need help on how to start training for two to four days a week for 60 to 90 minutes, focusing on compound lifts, like I said at the beginning of this episode, we're offering a free four-week strength program to listeners of this podcast. You guys can get a sneak peek at the Strength Matrix, see what we're all about, and get a taste of some of the training that's in the Strength Matrix. And so we have a free four-week strength program that's specifically designed for you grappling athletes that we would love to send you. All you have to do to download that is just click the link in the in the podcast description of this episode. You can plug in your email, download it for free. There's no strings attached or anything. You just download it for free, start training. If you feel inclined and uh, make a ton of gains and just start dumping people on their head, it'd be great if you could send us a video or tag us on Instagram at Joshua Settledge. Uh, that would be great. So that being said, thank you so much for listening to episode one of the Strength Matrix podcast. I'll catch you guys next week. My name is Josh Settledge. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Joshua Settledge. And you guys can check out that free four-week strength program at www.thestrengthmatrix.com. That's www.thestrengthmatrix.com. And we'll catch you guys later. Peace.